0: He had six touchdowns on 26 receptions, which is like an astonishing 23.1. Like that, I guess it would be astonishing if you had any other quarterback than Pat Mahomes <laughs> throwing. Yes, we're just getting started. That's all I could say. We're just getting started. Yes, we're back again.
1: We're back again. Hey, we're let's back. pump up the volume right here. Oh. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Wednesday, May 20th, and you're listening to episode 100 of the Fantasy Whisperers with your host, Johnny Gametime Hicks. Big Travi, and me, Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whisperers. And you should definitely visit the website, TheFantasyWhisperers.com, where we've got articles, our latest episodes, and as well as a bunch of new swag. So don't forget to check us out on Patreon, where you can also support our show as a patron of The Fantasy Whispers, And you're going to gain a ton of access to bonus content. Head on over to Patreon.com, sign up there, and search The Fantasy Whisperers today
0: well we made it she made hey, it first of all I'm back <laughs> we got chelsea back hey. i don't know how i figured she voided her contract at this point listen you thought it was crazy when michael jordan came back to the bulls <laughs> hey yeah. you got you just wait till this episode our our game is going to be so much better now that we got chelsea back on the show chelsea welcome back glad to have you
1: yeah, thanks. Uh, it's really nice. Can't wait for my second retirement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> A couple more rings and then go into retirement. Sounds about that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Chelsea came back just in time, Johnny, because we have our hundredth episode today. Uh could not be more grateful, uh, pumped and excited uh, for this day because, you know, you, you start something out, Johnny. We started this out. Johnny says, "Hey, let's do a podcast." I say, "You know, F it, dude. Let's go. Let's do it." And here we are, a hundred episodes later. Oh, is that, is that the story we're
0: going with? That was the yeah. what happened. Okay, all right. Yeah, we'll go with it. Why you have a different one? Well, I think it definitely took a lot more convincing than that. It was Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't yeah. say yes. It took right about it a two-hour <laughs> car ride from my bachelor <laughs> party uh, to <laughs> convince Travis. Fair if we're enough, being real enough. honest. Yeah, that's true.
2: But listen, I'm a classy lady. I, I don't, you know, give it up after one date. So oh, there you go. Here's the deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Johnny, I'm really stoked. Uh, just looking back, I, I wanted to say that that I'm super excited about this episode. I'm super excited to still be doing this with you. Um, and I'm just grateful to Whisper Nation, man. They've showed up and showed out since day one. Uh, and we keep growing and we keep making this family bigger. And, man... We did it, man. 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more.
0: Yeah, seriously. Uh, I, Like you said, I am just so humble, uh, so excited for what the future has. Uh, a monster thank you uh, to Whisper Nation and and all of our subscribers and, and followers for hanging with us. Uh, it's been a bumpy ride, but uh, we're just getting started. That's all I can say. We're just getting started and uh, we're hitting 100. It's a big, big milestone, but it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Well, as always, thank you, Whisper Nation. And if you're, you're a first-time listener here, please make sure you follow the podcast and all your podcast apps so you can get that uh, those notifications when we launch new episodes. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, it will help us out more than you'll ever know to get you subscribed and into Whisper Nation. We've got a bunch of fresh content coming out. So head on over to com. as Chelsea was alluding to. Chelsea, did you have a couple questions for, you know- for, for us?
1: Yeah, you know, it's the 100th episode. I think it's a great time to pause and reflect. Maybe get your origin story straight. Excited to hear more of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I was thinking back this morning just about the long drive I took down to Irvine when you were living down there, Trav, and we recorded the very first opening of this show. Oh, uh, that jazz yeah. intro song it had.
0: Oh, uh, I so got of evolution. I, hey, yeah. Hey, the, you, you mean um Oh, oh get, here we go. Yeah. He better get it right. I got it. I got it. The I got. One take show. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the new. Here, work with me. Stall, and I will grab it. I will get it. Stall? Stall for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, yeah. I right remember you asked yeah. me to be a part of it i never thought i could imagine myself being a part of it but 100 episodes in and out later it's been um it's been a fun ride for me at least so yeah excited to help you guys think back on some of the best moments maybe some of the cringiest moments uh that we can yeah. all embrace together that
0: jazz song <laughs> was, a, was a little cringy yeah. you ready for it yeah I'm ready for it oh no 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 That's, uh, that was uh that was that was not it I failed. It was like episode ones. Issues. That was yeah.
1: This is the cringiest moment of yeah. 100 episodes. It yeah, wouldn't be
2: a hundredth episode if we didn't have a little cringe to it. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah. I. You know. That's funny. That's a funny point though. Talking about all this is like all the evolution. I mean, even from our logo. Uh, you know, some of you have the OG T-shirt there with our logo of me and Johnny's face on it, beardless Travi, uh, and and Johnny on there. Yeah. Uh, we also have
1: pandemic travel Yeah, that's right.
2: Pre-headband Travi. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that evolution. We've talked about the evolution of obviously Whisper Nation, the evolution of the people we've worked with, from stepmom Lauren to you know Summy with Draft Room Podcast to Chelsea coming on the show as well. I, I mean, I'm just really excited about where we're going in the future, and uh, it does. It, it is nice to be reflected.
1: Thank you, you for there listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. This- you can hear more that's from John. That's the outro.
0: Playplay, SoundCloud. That was. That was uh, <laughs> it was Took me a second to that's get great. it, but yeah,
2: yeah. We it took us a second to record it. We were definitely working through that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple takes. Uh, yeah. So the reflection is a great, great thing, Chels. So help, help us reflect here. What, what, what are some of your questions for us?
1: For sure. Do you have a uh, best or favorite segment that you've done over 100 episodes?
2: Hmm. Johnny, you want to take this one? Do you have a favorite Um, segment that comes to mind?
0: I always do love the uh, bromance. We did the bromance, although Mm -hmm. talking about terrible picks, uh, my bromance, (laughs) my first year was very bad. All of them did not. Well, most of them did not pan out. So that was a a little embarrassing for sure. Um, But yeah probably
1: guys john
0: (laughs) that that and like the the show before our toltum draft like those two are always my favorite just because my my juices are flowing i'm so excited about the potential of what i could land uh so i i just like that time of year i just just feel like that quality of the the content around there is just really really fun
1: for a guy who lives every night like it's the night before a big draft, I love to hear that, Johnny. Yeah, what about Johnny.
2: you, John? Uh, I'm just thinking about Johnny being the little kid in the Disney commercial, like waiting for Disneyland <laughs> the next day. Yeah, yeah. It's just him all the time. I'm that was too a great. Excited
0: comp. to sleep.
2: <laughs> um. Okay, so I would say probably my favorite segment that we've done, and we did it a multiple times. I don't have one particular one, let's say, but. Uh, the matchup episodes are are a big part of what I like here when we can dive into each week and talk about guys that are relevant. Cause, um, I mean, I just love each week's slate of games and there's nothing like the anticipation for that week, right. Where you're just trying to gear up and get ready and something that's big and meaty like that episode, uh, which we're excited to bring in a totally new fashion to everyone this year, um, is just really good content. So I, I, I really get pumped about that content and, uh. Yeah, that that would
0: probably be some of my favorite. Uh, I think for as a done. team, you you like bromance though. Uh, bromance
2: a, is one of my favorites every year.
0: As a team, though, it's got to be the most memorable. It's got to be the twenty four hour mock draft marathon because, yeah, I because mean, that was our whole team. Chelsea was monster in that, um, push, pushing stuff behind the scenes. Um, that was just a so fun and twenty four hours. Yeah, we straight. had we
2: had Chelsea like we were feeding her Gatorade in the back because her Twitter fingers were just like getting yeah. so like dehydrated, like going. So uh, yeah, that was great. I mean, I, you can really hang our hat on the mock draft marathon and we can't wait to continue to bring that to Whisper Nation for years and years to come um, because it's just it's it's everything we're about, which is this fantasy football community. This is, you know, Whisper Nation, all the people, you know, these experts and and people giving advice out there. We want to get them on and, and talk with you because, Man, the more knowledge you have, the better shot you got to bring home some hardware. Chelsea, For sure. you
1: know, I'm thinking back to the uh, just the process of doing the draft kit, and it's funny. I'm sitting in this behind the scenes role as I always have, and so I really think about. All the work that goes into behind the scenes to bring, you know, Whisper Nation, the great content that they get to see all the time. But man, working on last year's draft kit with you all and just, you know, hammering out the details, the player profiles, getting everything perfectly into place. And I know we've got big plans for the draft kit this coming year. So really excited to, you know, just on the theme of evolution and growth just see what what gets into the hands of Whisper Nation in the next couple of months. Um, when it comes to that draft kit. So I don't know, I, I reflection is always such an exciting thing cause it sort of propels you to think about what you want to do next too. So maybe on that note, what are some big hopes or dreams y'all have for your next hundred episodes?
0: I would,
2: I would just, yeah, go for it, Jenny. Sorry.
0: Oh, I, I, sorry. I mean, it would be, you know, just continue to, uh, put out quality content that helps our, our fans and our, and our followers and our listeners. Like I said, some of the best um, DMs that we got were just from people that would DM us, you know, halfway through a season or, you know, they would start DM- DMing us halfway through a season. And then at the end, they were like, thank you guys so much. Uh, you helped me win a championship. And and to me, that is uh, such a great feeling. One, because uh, I can never win our Totem Championship. So it gives me a little bit of like, hey, I can still uh, do this. Um, but, uh, it, just, the feeling of knowing that we're truly helping out people and, and bringing some joy to people is, is definitely, uh, something that I'm looking forward to it. Just growing that, um, this next year,
2: Johnny lacks and being able to win a Toltem championship. I, I make do. up for by winning it three times. Uh, no, no big deal. No, I, I would, I would echo what Johnny's saying about building the community up and, and, and growing whisper nation, but also growing our our relationships with other uh, people in the industry, uh, which we have done tremendously over the last couple of years doing this thing. And so, yeah, over the next 100, I would love it if, if we just kept growing and growing and getting this, you know, vortex of people around us, uh, you know, more involved in the fantasy football industry. And I mean, I could look back and hang my hat on that if we were able to do something like that. So.
1: Love it. Right on.
2: All right. Well, Reflection's over. Time to get back to work, man. It, and we're, we're, we're excited for this episode. Uh, this is a, a continuation on last week's show, Johnny, where we were doing second-year players, kind of giving a little bit of an outlook or, a uh, you know, feeling the pulse on these guys that maybe your league mates will have forgotten about because they were rookies last year and they're kind of obsessed with the rookies coming in this year mm-hmm. or the pros. This is kind of the upside down, the second-year guys that get a little bit forgotten here. Uh, this week we're going to do pass catchers. Uh, That's tight ends, wide receivers. Um, Johnny, we're going to start with
0: the tight ends. Well, especially because these wide receivers, um, technically, a lot of them have a a pretty good first year that we're going to talk about. But a lot of people are skeptical on on that first year. Uh, So that's where you can take advantage of these guys and get them in your drafts and then really take advantage because they're going to make another jump this second year. And so we want to make sure that they're on your radar. I did want to mention, I, I know I do this to Big Travi all the time and he and he gets frustrated with me, but Travis, I can't believe it. We forgot to mention some of the biggest news today. Other than us being on episode 100, we forgot to mention that we are going to be doing an awesome giveaway where we will be giving away five football cards of my personal collection. All you got to do is go on to our Instagram. Uh, you follow us on Instagram and and comment. As well as tag somebody and follow us on YouTube. That's all you got to do, and you will be able to um, you'll be able to sign up for these cards. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. We'll give all the complete description on what you got to do in our um, in our little circle below our storyline. And listen, when Johnny says it's from his personal collection, you know
2: like it's good because this guy is like. A, a big time sports card nerd i'm just gonna say it yeah uh, i i've the guy, accepted like, it explains, he's like oh hey man uh look at this one it's like a shiny shimmery or something like that i, I don't even know what that means but he's got <laughs> like, like these grades.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: it it, ro- <laughs> it ro- yeah
0: <laughs> some of the wow. names of these things uh, are pretty right. wild
2: well, it's like it reminds me of when you traded Pokemon Pokemon and you're like, oh, I have a rarity, you know, you're like, oh, here you go. And like, that's that's Johnny over here. He just continued on his binder. Just got it replaced Pokemon with uh, with the football card. So, yeah, listen, when he says it's from his personal stash, it's not like a guy pulling a shoebox out from underneath his bed. Like yeah. Johnny's got these in pristine condition. Um, and I'm excited for this. I think Whisper Nations is going to really appreciate the players that we've picked to, to give away as well. Yep. But on that note, it's uh, tonight for tonight's was, main event, dude. Yeah, before I was rudely interrupted. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're talking about the pass catchers. We're talking about second year pass catchers. And Johnny made the point about, you know, or we were talking about the point about, you know, trying to check with these guys. I think it's important to note that the wide receiver class for 2020 was very deep. Mm. But don't forget about the second year wide receivers. So we'll get into them. Uh, but let's start with the tight ends. Johnny, we're going to talk about TJ Hawkinson today. Um as uh, our Fish. first tight end. So TJ Hawkinson, honestly, this is a guy uh that Chelsea knows a little bit about too. Chelsea drafted him, I believe, in Dynasty, is that correct?
1: That's super correct.
2: All right. So TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> she sounds thrilled. She sounds not, thrilled.
1: Obviously TJ
2: Hawkinson's hideous. <laughs> obviously TJ Hawkinson's uh, you know, first year was cut a little short uh with an injury. Mhm. Uh, he did show up a little bit here. So, Johnny, talk to us a little bit about TJ and
0: kind of what you see going forward. Um, Listen, I was not on the TJ bandwagon last year uh, because t- typically... Uh, Detroit does not use a tight end in that offense now coming out was he touted as one of the best if not the best tight end coming out of college last year he was Um, but certainly the fit you always want to look at where the fit is and that was what had me concerned now what was interesting was he came right out of the uh, out of the out of the gate and he plays my Arizona Cardinals who were the worst in guarding and tight ends. Like if you could align me up at tight end, I probably would have went out and got you a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Uh, that's how bad they were at guarding the tight end position. So of course he comes out, uh, plays week one, has a monster game, six receptions, 131 uh, receiving yards and gets uh, um 25.1 fantasy points. So immediately is on the radar, hot pick of the week And then from there, he didn't see another game with more than four receptions. Uh, I do like the snap count. He is on the field quite a lot, Travis. But the problem is that he is such a good blocking tight end that they will hold him in to block a lot more uh, than go and then having him go out uh, for passes. So, um, yeah. You look at historically kind of what Matt Stafford's done, and he
2: loves to throw the wide receivers. That's kind of been his M.O., but now mm-hmm. you see Matt Patricia come in. They draft Carryon Johnson. They turn around and draft DeAndre Swift. Um, I think that they're really beefing up to turn this into a, you know, it won't in my mind, it won't get there. But a Patriots 2.0, right? Patricia yeah. comes from the Patriots, wants to play defense, is a defensive coordinator in his past. So I do think that there's hope that Hawkinson could see more of the field. Obviously, we know what rookie tight ends do. They don't they can make a splash, but they don't really put up fantasy numbers. They have historically not done that. But second year guys, especially with the guy uh, like Hawkinson's pedigree, Mm -hmm. uh, you could see him be as they shift the offense towards run first and some play action over the middle to the tight end. Some leak out uh, routes by the tight end. I could see I would keep an eye on Hawkinson. He's deaf. Look, tight end is that landscape where you can pick up a guy late and ride him throughout the the season or you can you end up streaming or whatever but i think hawkinson if you're going to wait on tight end he's definitely a guy to be looking at i also think that could be the case for a guy we're going to talk about next johnny and that's noah fant so noah fant is kind of the forgotten guy in this offense because the broncos loaded up on offense right they went and got out melvin or went and got melvin gordon they drafted jerry judy uh, i believe uh, hamler as well out of penn state yeah. Uh, So they've got all these weapons they've added. And then Noah Fant's sitting there like, hey, I I had a decent year last year. Talk a little bit about that decent year, Johnny.
0: Yeah, he had 67 targets, uh, seven deep targets, which is is pretty nice. Uh, Had a 14% uh, target share for a tight end, which is really, really good. In the red zone, he had a 12.7% in the red zone. Excuse me. So you certainly do like that. Listen, we do know that. Rookie quarterbacks tend to rely on their tight end a little bit more than, you know, veteran quarterbacks. I still think that Drew Locke is should be considered a a, a rookie quarterback. Unless I understand that Drew Locke played a few games last year and I am intrigued by what he what he saw. And he had a connection with Noah Fant, uh for sure. So uh I do like I do like Noah Fant. I I would prefer Noah Fant over TJ Hawkinson this year. Uh, I listen. I understand that there are more weapons and more mouths to feed in Denver, but it's going to be his, his safety blanket. The The quarterback is a rookie by our purposes, more like a rookie, whereas Matthew Stafford is going to spread the ball around a little bit more, I think. Um, so for me, I like what Noah Fant uh, presents. I like what I saw from him last year. And in in certain games, he showed that he could break out, um, but certainly he'll be a little bit more inconsistent, I think, because of how many targets are are over there in Denver.
2: Yeah, I think you hit the 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 nail right on the head there. I think the Idea here is that Noah Fant is the athletic tight end if Hawkinson is the blocking mainline inline tight end. Right. So we knew that last year. If you listen to our show, we were talking about the rookie tight ends last year. We knew that Fant was maybe going to have a tougher route route to productivity, given that he's got kind of one trick, which is the athleticism. Right. But if you look at like what Johnny was talking about, you're talking about these deep targets. You're talking about red zone. Uh, reception, or I'm sorry, not red zone receptions, but yards per reception. Uh, where he was 14.1, that was the second best among tight ends last year. That's pretty good, and you know that Drew Locke has a live arm, so yes, he could be a more of a boom bust tight end, but he's going to have some big games, and I think especially in this offense with Jerry Judy coming to town and freeing up a lot of the defense. No, keep Noah Fant on your radar. Um, I think he's a guy that's definitely you know poised for some from spl- for some splash games next year. All right, so moving on to the Minnesota Vikings tight end, uh, second-year tight end, Irv Smith Jr. Johnny, Irv Smith was supposed to be the guy that came in and and usurped Rudolph right away, and it just didn't really work out that way. Uh, It took him a little while to get going, uh, if if you want to even say he got going. Uh, So Irv Smith is our guy we're talking about next. Do you see a situation where Irv Smith finally takes over here, uh, kind of boots Rudolph to the side, and we know – we talk about Gary Kubiak taking over as offensive coordinator in this offense. So we know they're going to go to that heavy zone run scheme. Is there a, a role for Irv Smith here behind Adam Thielen and now the newly drafted Justin Jefferson?
0: I, I, it's funny cause I, I feel like we keep going up and up uh, when we're talking about these tight end potentials and Irv Smith is actually one of my favorite um, tight ends for this year as a tight end sleeper too, because, Okay. We talk about draft capital, and if you hung with us during the Rookie Show, we were all about draft capital, said how important it was, and that was why people thought that Earth Smith would usurp so quickly because he was uh, 18th pick in the second round, so pretty, pretty high uh, for the Vikings to take him. Now, I am more excited for him than I am for Noah Fant for the fact that you you don't have as many pieces. Now, I understand they bring in Justin Jefferson, but that's, you know, he's a rookie slot wide receiver uh he'll get his targets for sure but i do think there is a chance uh for Noah fan or sorry irv smith here to really take a big leap because he only played in 61.7 percent of his uh snaps and so i think there's a big opportunity there i do think that they will start to you know make him the more dominant tight end and, and the the one that plays the majority of the snaps uh Kyle Rudolph is near the end of his, his career. Um, but you know, 47 targets in his first year, that's pretty healthy. You like that. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins does throw to the tight end. We've seen that before in Washington. Um, and with Diggs out and not as a reliable option replacing him, at least to start off with, I think that this could be a year that uh Irv Smith kind of pops off for you if, if you are waiting on a tight end.
2: Yeah, you love the the red zone looks that he got. Uh, you love the idea that, you know, Kirk Cousins will rely on him because he's, he's a smart guy, he's a smart quarterback, he's going to make the throws that, that matter, and he's going to throw it, you know, to guys that he can trust. And, and maybe he's, you know, having seen Irv Smith already, he's going to have that little bit of an edge over a guy like Justin Jefferson who's going to work into this slot. So definitely keep an eye on Irv Smith. One of our, uh, you know, honorable mentions here is Jay Sternberger of the Green Bay Packers, Johnny. Um, and that's because the Packers cut ties with Jimmy Graham. Jace Sternberger is a guy they drafted a little bit later, but does have some upside. Was a was a a productive touchdown guy in college at Texas A and believe that's where he went, right? Texas A and M. Yep, Texas A and M. They said they said um, see ya.
0: They said see ya. We got Jace.
2: Yeah, we got said, Jace, dude. <laughs> Jimmy Graham, and they didn't even see Jace a lot last year. He, he was he was hurt for most of the year. He played in two games uh, total, uh, had zero receptions. So it's not like he did a lot of work for them, but they must've seen enough to to like him. And, and they saw enough out of Jimmy Graham. I mean, he, honestly, got, he did get as one a Packer target. fan. I, I saw enough out of Jimmy Graham in the playoffs yeah. to make me go get rid of him. He got one um, target. So they saw enough in that one target, Travis, <laughs> yeah. to be like, yeah, Damn. yeah. small sample size, but I would <laughs> listen. I think they didn't draft any wide receivers in the draft there. They feel comfortable with their, uh, wide receiver room as is, but I think they feel more comfortable running a Shanahan style scheme with Matt LaFleur in meaning they're going to run multiple backs. They're going to have a tight end feature within the offense and jet sweeps and things of that nature. So that means Jay Sternberger could really uh, f- carve himself a real nice role this year. So keep an eye on Jace. He'll be cheap. He, you probably get him off waivers in the first few weeks, unless he makes a splash uh, uh, in preseason, in pre-season yeah. or anything like that. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, he he's a definitely a guy that's just, he's going undrafted, but you're seeing these reports and beat writers are talking a lot about Jason. They're saying, yeah, keep your eye on this guy. So,
2: All right, so we're going to move on to the meat and potatoes of this episode. That's the wide receivers. We did mention how this year's wide receiver class is very deep, but don't let that turn you away from the wide receivers that were drafted as rookies last year. Um, we're going to talk about a couple guys, especially on the top, that – I think the three of us can all agree were we're guys that we were interested in, had had shares of last year and and liked. Um, We'll start with A.J. Brown. You know, Chelsea uh, was talking a little bit about reflection and looking back at some of your calls. And if I think about last year, you know, I loved A.J. Brown coming out of college, didn't necessarily call that he could be this good right away. I definitely did not like uh, the landing spot of Tennessee with Mariota under the helm. But, man, did Tannehill get going with A.J. Brown, and did A.J. Brown just not show up and show out? Johnny, give us a little taste about what A.J. Brown's year was like.
0: Yeah. Fortunately for me, that was probably one of my best calls that we had on the past 100 shows was just saying that, you know, they would be better off with Ryan Tannehill. And if Ryan Tannehill comes in, I feel more confident in this wide receiver core. And surely that is what happened. You had uh, A.J. Brown really pop off. Listen, this guy is going to be a steal in drafts. People forget and and they're sleeping on just truly how good he was. And listen, I understand it was the Tennessee offense. They don't throw the ball a lot. They're not super, super exciting in the passing game. But this guy, he had 20 deep targets. Uh, So you, you like that amount of, of deep targets. He's getting 19.5 target share in that offense that Corey Davis is still there. But I do think that all we're starting to see a little bit of a tide turn. Corey Davis has had his ability to to show what he can do in the NFL now could he be could he be like Devonte Parker and take five years before he gets into the into <laughs> his career
2: possibly hey uh, did you see that beef with Devante Parker and Michael yeah, Thomas what was online? that all
0: about dude Bro, like Michael Thomas is just out for blood right now you, with anyone yeah I know he just I think he just feels disrespected dude he's like put some yeah. respect on my name
2: if you guys, you guys got to look it up, uh, Michael Tom, Michael Thomas versus Devontae Parker beef on Instagram. That that stuff was funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like Johnny's right. Like the deep targets, you talk about his efficiency. I mean, twenty point two yards per reception, Johnny. That was third best uh, among wide receivers. Yards per pass route, three point four six. That's second best, and then yards per target, twelve and a half. That's also second best. We're talking about a guy. You know, normally you wouldn't go. Oh, Tannehill is like slinging it. He's a deep thrower. But last year, something got going with that Tennessee offense, as far as they swung the hammer with Derrick Henry, and then they used their wide receivers and especially AJ Brown's speed and size to get downfield. Um, super excited about AJ Brown. Do you do you think AJ Brown is a a locked in wide receiver one next year?
0: I I do. I one hundred percent do. You look at you know fifty two receptions over a thousand yards. Uh, He had 600, over 600 completed air yards. The one concern that most people are going to say, because with those first few stats, I just alluded to like he's going to go up like 52 receptions. That's low a uh, thousand yards. I I are barely getting over a thousand. I think that's low uh, the nine touchdowns. He had a 15.4 uh, reception rate in the, in the red zone, which is ranked number three. Most people be like, Oh, that's a little bit high, but I think his receptions are going to go up in the red zone. I still think he's, you know, like you said, he's a big bodied wide receiver, so he's going to still get those targets. So I can definitely see him getting 10, plus targets like a Devonte Adams. I mean, think about it. Devonte Adams is yeah. very, very similar.
2: Yeah. I mean, if AJ Brown improves, you, you got to like it. I think the one concern is some people probably feel there's a little bit of fool's gold with Ryan Tannehill. Um, it's just going to be your preference. I think Tannehill was a talent. I think Miami may have ruined him yeah. or tried to ruin him. Um, and there was a situation where he got into a system that's comfortable for him. So, second year though that could, we could go either way but I, I really like what tennessee's built and i think they're built to succeed i'm telling you speaking get about a. A guy,
0: get aj brown on your team this year speaking about a guy who's built to
2: succeed i mean there's probably nobody more built at the wide receiver position than dk metcalf i almost this came man, i almost
0: wanted to come to the show shirtless
2: just uh, felt that like would have
0: been i mean we yeah, probably would have lost, lost we would have lost a, a lot subscribers of subscribers
2: yeah. there yeah all right um I, you know, this is a guy and DK Metcalf is a guy that Chelsea, uh, you know, drafted in a, in our Totem League last year, took the chance on and he paid off handsomely. He score. He's a he's a big time scoring scoring threat for one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. And that's Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf looks poised to really build on his very strong
0: rookie season, Johnny yeah uh DK Metcalf I loved coming out of college I was on his bandwagon this was the guy that I was hanging or you know attaching my bandwagon to his horse uh, last year as a rookie I wasn't as big of a fan of AJ Brown I did think DK would be better um so I was a little bit wrong in that but DK certainly, um was a monster 87 percent snap rate snap share rate you know a lot of people were questioning his durability didn't play a lot of games in college that was the big question and he came out and he proved it right away he came out and proved that he can play a full season he can he can be up there with the best. He had 100 targets and an offense that we were wondering, can this sustain? There was Tyler Lockett is still there. And we were still wondering, hey, can this offense support two wide receivers getting a massive amount of targets because they run the ball so much? And we got it. We got our answer. He he um, had 100 targets. We only caught 58 percent of them, which that is a little bit low. Hopefully he can. um he can he can bring that up a little bit. Uh, he only had 900 receiving yards, which seemed a little bit low uh, for what he could do seven seven touchdowns. But like I said, he, this guy's just getting started. He's just getting a report. I feel like the and I'm sorry to bring this up, Chelsea. Uh, please do not leave the show. But uh, I feel like his breakout game was the game against the Philadelphia Eagles in the in the playoffs, and um, or sorry, not the playoffs, but near the end of the season, and when he just exploded. Or was that the playoffs? Now I'm now I'm getting confused. Was it the playoffs? No, they the Eagles didn't make the playoffs.
2: Eagles didn't make it. The wow. Cowboys did.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that why you're sorry? Just because you're reminding me that the Eagles didn't make the playoffs? No, no, no. The Eagles,
0: <laughs> the yeah. Eagles did make it. The didn't Eagles they? did make it. They. It yeah. was the Eagles playoff game. That's right. Because Cowboys. 100 episodes, man. Hey, that's Fog what happened. your brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: Well, I look. I think everything the
1: fifty-three-yard that... touchdown against the Eagles is what you're talking about—that huge bomb pass.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, and then the enough. the one that sealed it at the end of the fourth, where he had like a thirty-yard reception that pretty much ate the rest of the clock.
2: Well, let me ask you this, Chelsea: Do you feel uh, do you feel especially vindicated with a player like DK Metcalf? Because I feel like a lot of people were trying to make the case that he couldn't really get it to the next level. And and you took a chance on him last year um, and and it paid off, I think in a big way.
1: Totally. I mean, I felt like there was an opening there. There weren't a lot of other receivers and it's Russell Wilson. Like I'm just going to trust anybody that Russell Wilson can throw a ball to. Um, And his body, I mean, physically it was like, this guy should be able to pull it off. And I think for a rookie, I was really impressed and excited. And I think I drafted him in the 14th or 15th round in our league. So the return on value I got from this rookie wide receiver, I mean, and we can credit Russell Wilson, we should give some credit to DK Metcalf, but I'm just excited to see what the, the duo can do this year for sure.
2: Yeah. And I think if you get some of those weapons back and we talked a little bit about it in the face off uh, with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray was if you get some of those weapons back like Will Disley, you get a full healthy year out of Tyler Lockett. That should only benefit a guy like DK Metcalf because maybe those guys can get you down the field and Metcalf is using his size and his body to put it in the end zone. So I think the touchdown upside remains, especially with a guy like we talked about with Russell, who's got 30 plus touchdowns in like five straight years. Uh, there is a lot to be had here and a huge amount of upside with DK Metcalf a little bit, uh, similar upside, uh, not a definitely not very similar in wide receiver play style, but similar upside is Terry McLaurin. Uh, this is Johnny's guy, scary, Terry, uh, Johnny was a believer in Metcalf or in McLaurin like Chelsea was in Metcalf last year and McLaurin did pay off in a big way, regardless of quarterback. A lot of times, right, Johnny?
0: Yeah, I mean, it did get a little shaky there. Um, you know, I was totally on the Case Keenum bandwagon because he came out and exploded with Case Keenum. I'm looking, I'm looking at this seven targets, five receptions for 125 yards. Uh, it comes out second game, gets nine targets, five receptions for 62 yards. It's a touchdown and. Both and in each of the first three games scores a touchdown with Case Keenum. So you're like, oh, fantasy gold. And you talk about Chelsea getting a late round wide receiver. Um, very very similar for me getting getting Scary Terry off the waivers week one. <laughs> just sitting there, just sitting there. The waivers had already cleared, and I was like, how is Scary Terry still on here? But I love Scary Terry, especially this year too, with where he is is going in drafts. Listen, I understand he slowed down. You had from weeks eight to um to about week 13 where he wasn't super or sorry weeks 12 and we um no week 13 excuse me uh, where he was pretty inconsistent that was dwayne haskins coming in there was all the quarterback changes all that but then once Dwayne haskins kind of was okay this guy is the starter for the rest of the season you really started to see him step it up 12 targets four targets. Uh, seven, five, nine targets to finish out those last few weeks. And he scored a touchdown in two of the five last weeks. Um, So I do like Scary Terry this year. I understand that they brought in a couple of, or they brought in a rookie wide receiver, rookie running back. Um, But I still think that Scary Terry has that connection with Dwayne Haskins. I think they believe in Dwayne Haskins to be the quarterback, at least for this year. So I love where Scary Terry is going in drafts. I plan on having him on a lot of fantasy teams because it's just ridiculous. People, people yeah, we,
2: we, we can't put enough of a premium on chemistry between a, a, a quarterback and a, and a wide receiver, and Johnny talked about this before, but like these guys have played not only in college together but now in the pros together. They're figuring out the NFL together. So who wouldn't you not rather have than a guy you are so familiar throwing to than a guy like Scary Terry uh, for Dwayne Haskins. Haskins has reportedly dropped weight, looks good in camp. Or yeah, in do you see that? Camp. He looks yeah. way better. Um, so, you know, there are some exciting things, or as much as excitement as you can have for Washington's football team, and that is, you know, in these two players here. You look at, you know, Scary Terry's just that deep threat, which is fantastic, but you look at yards per reception, 15.8. That was top 15 in the league. Yards per target, 9.9, top 15 in the league. So as a rookie, still hitting top 15 numbers as far as being targeted down the field. And as long as Dwayne Haskins can show a little bit of improvement, Scary Terry should be in your lineup, should be a guy you're targeting in drafts, especially if you're looking at those mid to late round wide receivers. All right, so we're going to get into kind of these guys that maybe don't have the consistency as the top three we talked about a little bit, but are got well. I guess we'll have Debo, but we'll have some guys here that are exciting or you know questionable uh, down the stretch here. Deontay Johnson is is one of Johnny's favorite guys, I think this year, and was one of a guy he was he was excited about last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You talk about uh, a change in the offseason here. We just watched that video with. Uh, Big Ben getting his beard shaved, throwing to to the running backs, to the wide receivers. So Big Ben is back, um, and he's here for the Steelers. So this has got to boost a guy like Deontay
0: Johnson's value. I think uh, Deontay Johnson is being slept on. I continue to grab him in every mock draft, super late, uh, you know, like 10th round. And listen, this guy has an opportunity. You talk about everyone... S- similar to Juju, I think that Juju is is of course the better value because even Juju is going in like the sixth round right now in, in right. fantasy drafts. I now think he's starting to sneak up. Change. It it, 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 think- it will change, yeah, I agree. But it, it's it's just mind blowing, right? Like people forget and their minds are so kind of short term when it comes to fantasy football that we need to zoom out, take go recapture this picture, and then really figure out and cipher through it at what we can get here. This guy, Dante Johnson, with Duck Hodges and you know a bunch of trash cans that they pulled off the street on on Trash Can Wednesday when they come and pick up the trash. There well, my trash Pittsburgh. comes on
2: Mondays. So. Um,
0: well, in Pittsburgh, it's Wednesdays. Oh, uh, I looked it know. up. Yeah, um, <laughs> dude, this guy had fifty nine receptions for six hundred and eighty yards and four um, or sorry, five touchdowns. Let's remember also, like he didn't start right Nathan away either. Up. Yeah, well, he he didn't he didn't start right away. And there's also the James Washington was was battling with him as well. So this guy has the ability to break out with Big Ben there. You like what you saw last year, uh, you know, getting 18.9 percent of that market share. He should step in as the wide receiver two there. 92 targets. That's super healthy. 13 deep targets. You like that. And you don't think that that's going to go up with Big Ben instead of Duck Hodges and, you know, some some trash cans. I love
2: it. Just I. I look. I trust in a few things in this world, like death, taxes, and the Steelers are going to draft really good wide receivers. Like that is just what they've done. They've done it for a really long time. I mean, you go back to Heinz Ward. You talk about A. B. You know, circus aside, Mike Wallace, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, we could go on and on about these wide receivers that they've drafted there. And I think Deontay Johnson has the potential to be the next guy that you're looking at. You know, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, and the next guy that you're looking at. that they have drafted that succeeds you know his comp coming out of college was randall cobb uh so we're looking at a guy that brings speed and he's a dynamo out there if if that if ben can stay healthy which is a big if he usually misses a game or two but if, if he can stay healthy for most of the year deontay johnson should thrive in this offense yep um so i'm excited about the uh potential there another big potential and in another offense that could get i mean well that it has been going the super bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs drafted cole Hardman last year uh just super fast uh just a, a speed threat speed demon out there Johnny four, three 433 but his his success, success, a, you want to hey you want to know something
0: crazy he runs a 43340 uh scary Terry who we just talked about 435 so yeah. that's insane
2: Johnny just couldn't, couldn't help himself to go back to scary territory. I I had to, I got it. I got it. it. No, no. And I think that's important for reference. I mean, you're talking about a guy in McCole Hardman that maybe his success is more dictated on the fact that Kansas city just has so many weapons there. Yeah. But talk to us a little bit about what Hardman was able to do last year. Obviously uh, Pat Mahomes went down for a little bit, but McCole Hardman showed us
0: his speed really, really quickly. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at, so this guy had 26 receptions, Travis, 26 receptions. He had six touchdowns on 26 receptions, which is like an astonishing 23.1% like that. I guess it would be astonishing if you had any other quarterback than Pat Mahomes throwing. Yes. So listen, uh, with Michael Hardman, there's still a lot of mouths to feed in Kansas city. If you want, I'm, you know, grabbing pieces of this offense. This guy is a guy that I don't mind Spending a late round flyer on because if anything does happen to Sammy Watkins or or Robinson or Hill, this guy is stepping into uh, that number one or, you know, the number two role, that Tyreek Hill role, which is so valuable. But, you, I mean, you see what he can do when Tyreek Hill is not in the game. Um, Tyreek Hill got injured early on in the season. You saw him get four receptions, a touchdown in week two, two receptions, a touchdown in week three um you're getting two four four two so it is they are not consistent high consistent numbers as far as the receptions but goodness gracious it when you have pat mahomes like you just need one you have pat mahomes you have the speed you just need one long bomb and so if you're at the end of drafts and and want a, a high upside guy why not grab me cole hardman oh why yeah not i think i think that's this?
2: the exact strategy a free the free lotto ticket part- well, and yeah, and Hardman can sit on your bench and, and, and be a guy that fills in. But imagine that guy filling in. That'll win you a week. Like if he's your week filler and then he rips off a 60, 70 yard touchdown and you're sitting there going, well, uh, I won this position this week, this yeah. flex spot. Um, and I think that's the, the the joy of drafting a guy like Hardman. And I think he should be a target for late, uh, late round wide receivers for for Whisper Nation. I also agree that Marquise Brown is very similar in Hardman in that way. This is a strong offense that we're going to talk about next Uh, Baltimore the Baltimore Ravens with Marquise Brown he is also another speed demon Um, he's got the pedigree he is cousins with Antonio Brown hopefully that means he gets all the talent and none of the uh, craziness (laughs) yeah that would be ideal Uh, Marquise Brown what people don't realize is Marquise Brown had a Liz Frank deal last year came into the season very injured uh, had had the foot injury missed all of camp missed all of preseason and only started to play in this first NFL game, you know, the first game ever. So he did have a, a a learning curve if you will. And now I'm excited to see fully healthy Marquise Brown, another year of Lamar Jackson hopefully improving as a passer, and then you're going to get an offense where, you know, they've 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 added to the running back room, they've added uh, a couple pieces here and there, and now Marquise Brown could slide into, you know, we're looking at some, some big targets for a guy who gets down the field pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. um, The snap share was a little bit low because of the injuries. Like you talked about 59%. Uh, He did play 22.3% in the slot. So that's kind of interesting moving forward. uh, If he is fully healthy for the full season, then um, that that'll be a good position for him to play. You like your players in the slot. He is smaller. He is faster. Um, So, you know, 17 deep targets from Lamar um you know had 71 targets last year even though he only played in 14 games it's pretty healthy so when he was in he was averaging 5 targets per game uh, for a speedster you like that you know like give me that all day and like you said like this guy's going a little bit deeper in drafts and the upside is totally there uh, I I like Brown as a as a sleeper as a high upside play if you draft you know a couple of of these guys you know a couple of solid wide receivers early and you want a high upside flex play i think that marquise is a really good guy for you to uh, to to grab there just because yes seven
2: yeah he's at seven total touchdowns he had nine red zone receptions johnny that's top 15 in the nfl like that's pretty good for a guy like you said playing that
0: low snap percentage that he was playing which means there's some huge upside there if he gets on the field more and check this out Lamar Jackson, we talk about, you know, he, he he's a running back, not a quarterback. Well, when yeah. when targeting Marquise Brown, he he has one hundred and twenty three point two uh, QB rating, which is number six in the league. So you don't think that Lamar, I mean, they look at these analytics. So you don't think Lamar and like you said, they, they've been training all offseason together. That chemistry is only well, really going to get I... better.
2: Yeah, and I agree, and I think they're both very hungry. you you got to look at what Marquise Brown is hungry for, not being able to play all the uh, all the snaps that he wanted to last year, not being able to get a full camp in. And then you look at Lamar Jackson, not only being slighted as a running back and not a quarterback, then coming and proving that he could be MVP, but then bounced out of the first round of the playoffs. So these guys are going to come back with a vengeance, I believe, and they're going to go after it. And so I'm really excited to see what Marquise Brown can put on the field. Another guy, man, it just reminds you how good we had some talent here, man. <laughs> I so know. Like, I love deep. doing these episodes because it's like you guys have to look at some of these these players that are here that are being forgotten or at least just overlooked a little bit. And that's Debo Samuel is our next player. Um, Debo was a guy that I, I picked up on waivers a little bit later in our Totem League, um, and he paid off, man. Debo Samuel really fit into this offense. Shanahan knew what he wanted when he drafted him. Um and I, I think he's just going to continue to do big things for
0: this offense, Johnny. I OK, so you last year really came. I like Debo Samuel. I thought he had some uh, I I thought he was their best wide receiver that they had that they had picked in the draft. I was still on a Dante Pettis. You want to talk about? One of my worst calls, uh, I was oh, on the Dante Pettis bandwagon. Johnny thought that he was, was going to go through hey, another 100 episodes with hey. never having to bring up Dante Pettis you, again. Yeah, hey, you guys thought the, the Titanic going down was a big surprise. Yeah, me seeing Dante Pettis do absolutely nothing was a surprise to me last year. Uh, so I do apologize for that pick, but... Debo was came and he was what I thought that Pettis was going to be. So I'll I'll take a little bit of credit in that uh for my own pride. Uh but yeah. 72% snap chair. He had 57 receptions for 803 yards. Um I do you know, 6 touchdowns, that's pretty healthy for a guy, you know, he's not that he's 5'11" Um, his, his speed is, is not the quickest. He ran a four, four, eight 40 time So not, not the quickest guy, but this guy is a beast. He just goes over the middle. Um, you know, he does yards, yards after catch, Johnny, that's his thing. He's a and, yak monster. Right. And that's what is big in that system. If you look at all these guys that Shanahan is drafting, they're all yak guys. He loves yak guys. And that's how their system, I mean, even look at George Kittle, George Kittle is like one of the league best in yak. Um, so that's why they go out and get Brandon Ayuk. Now that is the concern I have with Debo is that they will replace Debo because um in uh, analytics analytically uh Debo isn't as good as Ayuk uh in in separation and reaction. Sure, sure. So uh, that's where my concern is. But I think I
2: think we saw Debo and Emmanuel Sanders both have good good games last year in in unison and Emmanuel Sanders has point. left and gone to the New Orleans Saints. So I think that there is room for both of these guys and Kittle to succeed if the the 49ers can replicate what they've been doing the last couple of years. If they can pound the ball, Uh, loosen the defense up, and then get these wide receivers over the middle for yards after catch. We talk about yards after catch. 461 yards after catch for Debo last year for a guy who wasn't playing a lot of snaps at the very beginning of the year. That was fifth best in the league amongst wide receivers, Johnny. That's really good numbers, and I think that's something that translates really well to the NFL and has staying power.
0: I Yeah, I I do think – I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I just – this offense doesn't seem like this defense didn't get worse. Like that was the one that's the one caveat I can argue for. Or, well, or they get didn't behind, lose which one was, of those first round picks on they, the line. They lost Buckner. Yeah. But then they yeah. replaced him with a guy that's just as talented. Uh, But they got him in the third round. So uh, they 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 didn't. Well, we got to see if there. he's
2: just as talented
0: <laughs> in theory on paper, on paper. <laughs> yeah, that's what, paper. you know, Mel or, or Todd, 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 Todd McShay <laughs> was saying that he, uh, they are equivalent. So I will believe what he says because he's a lot smarter than I am. Um, so I'll just, I'll just <laughs> say it. So that's uh, my concern. We saw Jimmy G only throw eight times in a game. You, there's yeah. no way that that's going to be able to sustain three fantasy, you know, uh, pass catchers at all. So that is where my concern is, because they, they might have very similar game scripts as they, they did last year where they weren't in a lot of shootouts. And so yeah. because of that, that is where my concern comes from Debo. I don't have any concern. If, if, pe- if people want to take Debo, I don't shun the pick. I, I don't I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, you overpaid and that's a terrible pick. I'm gonna say like there is upside there for sure, but I am I am wondering about the. I think his floor is low, his ceiling is high. That's kind of what I'm trying to say, I guess, in a roundabout for way. Teams,
2: for teams that end up running a lot, like San Fran did, you, typically you see over time that they don't get to be that run heavy. You know, multiple next years like in a row. Yeah, but what that's because the defense
0: typically takes a stand back. But right. I don't and we don't know
2: that. that they won't or or will not. They're built very well. Um, they should have lasting power. But to be as dominant as they were last year, and to not rely on Jimmy as much as they didn't have to last year, I don't know if that's sustainable. I think Debo has some play here. I think Whisper Nation should be looking at him and shouldn't be too scared of Ayuk because once again, Ayuk is very talented and is a yeah. better prospect than Debo was. But Debo is in the system, has a role, and mm. Ayuk still needs to carve that yeah. out. And yeah. so we need to remember that with wide receivers. So our last second year wide receiver johnny we're going to talk about is darius slayton this guy could definitely be very under the radar for a lot of player mm-hmm. people because he was a little bit under the radar last year for a lot of people darius slayton is a guy that regardless of quarterback even whether it was eli manning or danny dimes he was actually showing up out there and putting some numbers on the board as a rookie and so johnny talk to me a little bit about what you
0: see out of darius slayton games last year and going into this year the targets. Uh, that's the very first thing that kind of pops off to me. I mean, this guy, even going back and looking, uh, you know, he didn't we wanted to had he didn't play. Uh, but starting week three, you know, five, two, five, eight targets, two targets, five targets, four targets, 14 and week 10, seven, nine. You know, uh, this guy had, yeah, uh, there were a handful of these two uh, target games, which is a little bit concerning. But once again, you're not paying the draft capital of, you know, guys that are going in later rounds that are a little bit more consistent. But these are the guys, the exact guys you want to be going for in your draft Mm. because they present that high outcome, that high return. Look at that fort. I mean, look at week 10 against the Jets he had 14 targets for uh he had 10 re- uh, 10 receptions on those 14 targets for uh, two touchdowns and 121 receiving yards for a guy that you're going to get in like the 13th round right now or 12th yeah round. i think i i think your point there is, is
2: is great johnny you're talking about these targets and the upside of of being that if you're talking about a guy that has a path to a number one role in an offense that's being slept on this is one of those guys like darius slayton is a guy that really has a clear path to becoming Daniel Dimes or Dan- Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes is favorite uh, wide receiver on the in this offense and. We've seen the way they want to push the ball down the field. My only concern would maybe be that J- Jason Garrett comes to town and they they love to run the rock. But we've seen when the big wide receiver one and Des Bryant or an Amari Cooper or in some of these other guys that Dallas has put out there can succeed. And I think Darius Slayton is poised to be maybe that guy for this Jason Garrett
0: Giants offense. Well, and I think I, I wouldn't even take I wouldn't even say Slayton is the number one. I would say he's more, I think, I think that that's Sterling oh, Shepard, that, but, but I, Gallup though, Gallup was in that. And you're, you're, I think he's more of like a Gallup type player. And guess right, what? which is
2: We were all on Gallup. Post- that goes to my point, though, like you you wouldn't put Slayton as the number one going into yes, drafts this year. Right. Yeah. But I think he's the guy that could end up the number one by the end of yeah. the year. Oh, I see what you're um, saying. OK. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. Could, he could easily get into that point because he is he's a deep he's a deep ball guy. He's a touchdown guy. Um, and there's some huge upside in this offense if it gets going. But, yeah, I agree. The secondary wide receivers have done uh, well in the past in, in a Garrett style offense. Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think about these second year second year players. Please hit us up via social media, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Let us know who are some of your favorite second year players, uh, and, and and keep us honest on some of these guys that you think maybe you know we're not we're not too high on. Um, so just go ahead and let us know. Uh, Chelsea, we made it through episode one hundred unscathed. You joined us. We appreciate you coming on here. Did you have? Any regrets? <laughs> yeah, any regrets? Looking, Reflecting <laughs> yeah. on episode 100. You
1: know, I haven't had regrets in this episode or the last 100. It has been a joy to be on this journey with you all. Um, I do hate how much I get blasted for being an Eagles fan. And, uh, and Johnny can just stop calling me out for those, uh, uh, issues.
0: Oh, have no, broad. I have hey, a <laughs> the Eagles are my second favorite team. So, okay, so i am, like it. i feel you i feel the pain
1: put some respect on that name yeah, uh, yeah put some respect on a great it episode
0: oh well, hey yeah <laughs> we
2: did it we, did, <laughs> it. Number we 100. did it yeah whisper nation thank you so much chelsea thank you so much johnny i love you brother i couldn't love imagine doing this with anybody else uh this has been great this has been a great 100 episodes and i can't wait to do hundreds and hundreds of more of this thing and keep bringing that fresh content out to Whisper Nation. Johnny, you got any last words?
0: Uh, No, just once again, thank you guys so much to each and every one of you that takes the time to listen to us and comment and like on our stuff. It helps us grow more than you'll ever know. So if you could, please do that. Uh, Start following us on YouTube and and jam that like button. Hit that comment. Uh, It means a lot. And we appreciate you guys so much and we'll continue to do this for you. Because that's what brings us so much joy. For Chelsea Lee Byers, the woman behind the glass. For Johnny Game Time
2: Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We are the Fantasy Whisperers, and episode 100 is over. Peace. Peace.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Whisperers.